Well, good stuff, I have the privilege of bringing to you this next section of Scripture. We're coming right out of Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to be in chapter 8 of Matthew. So let's get it. You guys could turn there. Matthew chapter 8. In the next few weeks, we're going to look at these, what happens right after the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to see the beauty of Christ and his authority and power and how it impacts our lives here. So, um, I'll disclaimer, last service, Holy Spirit was moving in me. And so if I happen to start crying on stage, that's an okay thing. Holy Spirit does that to people, and he did that to me. For far too long, I was, you know, a a stone of a person. I was like, I don't have emotions. And then Holy Spirit wrecked my life, and I was like, it doesn't matter. I don't care if anybody sees me cry. So FYI, that may happen this service, and it's all good. Um, But we're going to jump right into Matthew 8. We got three different scenes. All right, so they're separated into three different scenes here. We're going to jump into the first one. Right before this passage, we see Jesus just give a beast of a sermon. One might even say the best sermon ever given. Um, But it starts off with when he, so we're talking about Jesus. He's he's just finished talking to the crowds, and it says this, chapter 8, verse 1 in Matthew. It says, when he came down from the mountain." Great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleaned. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one. Or see that, see, oh my goodness. See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Awesome. We got some, we got two characters here. We got the leper and Jesus. I think in order to understand this passage, we really need to have a solid understanding of clean and unclean. Um, So, we got to start at the beginning. We got to start all the way with Creator God. Creator God decided to make all things beautiful and work together harmoniously. But then... Sin entered the world, and it could not go unpunished. And the punishment was death. We see in Genesis 3, 21, that God kills an animal and uses the skin of the animal to make clothing for Adam and Eve. So on top of the curses, we we see this, that something has to die in order to have right standing before God. Because he is holy. He is spiritually pure. He is perfect in all of his ways. He, his glory and his power are unmatched and he's unique. So the best way I could think to really like, all right, this slide isn't doing too much of giving us an understanding of what holy is. So I'm going to use a metaphor. But in order to use this metaphor, I need some assistance 
but I already have the person. It's Moses. <laughs> so come on up here. Take this microphone. Now, can you be for me a giant ball of burning gas? Not like a stanky one, like, like the one that we have in the sky that gives life, yes? Why isn't this on? It is now. <laughs> but yeah, huh? so, so exactly that. So like the sun, we have, can you do that for me? All right, you're doing great. Yeah. Because the sun really doesn't do a whole lot. It just chills there. Um, now, the metaphor is happening. Are you guys ready for this? The sun in our solar system, we're not looking like outside into all other suns. We're looking at our solar system. It is unique. It is set apart. It is the only thing that is like it in our solar system. It actually is the source of life, and it is unmatched in power. Feels pretty good, yeah? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. You're the sun. Now, it's not just the sun itself. It's actually also the space around the sun that is set apart, that is holy. Now, at what point do I burn up and explode into flames proximity-wise? Like, I'm probably way too close. I should come over here. Am I still in your burning radius? Yeah, the, I, I don't, it's, not, it's not too far, what, like 93 million <laughs> miles away? No, I just cannot go that far, Moses. No. All right, eh. this is the thing. If the closer I get to the sun, the more intense its power is. I think we have a satellite up there. It's not doing, it's going to blow up soon. Awesome. Thank you, Moses. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, is that we have this, this metaphor of holiness. So what if you lived in the town where God's presence was? We could throw that guy up there. All right. Awesome. This is a CGI rendering of what it looked like back in the day. Um, and so we have the Holy of Holies there in that big rectangle with other smaller rectangles inside of there. Right inside that building is the Holy of Holies. God's presence is residing. And so everything in that vicinity better be set apart so that they don't burn up and die in the presence of God. I've lost my space. We're here somewhere. Mm, we'll get there. It's going to be great, guys. So our God is so good that nothing impure or unclean can stay in his presence, which is why he has given the people of Israel the book of Leviticus and other writings to tell them how best to deal with their sin because we can't escape sin. So first of all, you need to get a perfect animal. That's pretty darn difficult because I've seen some video of sheep, and they're pretty, pretty stupid. Um, so it's super hard to get a perfect one. It's like, all right, you're missing a patch of hair. That's not helpful. Your eye is lazy, and I can never make eye contact with this sheep. He doesn't understand life. Just can you just get a perfect one? So you probably got thousands that you got to figure out which one, and then you got to get it to the temple. Like, hopefully nobody crashes into this sheep and knocks it over, because then it's, oh, it's going to have a chipped hoof, and it's not going to be good. Then you have to take it and give it to the priest, and he's got to cut it open and get the, gather the blood, and then take the organs and put it over here, and just separate it from the meat, and then he's like, all right, light that sucker up, get up that meat, because I love it, and then take the organs and put them over here and separate out those ones, and make sure to sprinkle the blood on the north side, and push the organs off to the left side, and it's like, oh my goodness, there's so much here. In order... And there's all sorts of, I mean, Leviticus is not a super page turner. Um, but 
It has everything you need to know how to survive God's presence. So there's also things that make you unclean. And shoot, on top of, there's things that can make you unclean. So there's like touching dead animals. Not a good idea. Don't do it. You'll be unclean. Touching dead bodies or there's other, okay, so one of them is leprosy. We have today, leprosy is actually Hansen's disease, and it's a specifics disease. It's where you start to, like, lose feeling and stuff. But when they use the word leprosy, we're, we're really looking at the more generic skin disease. It's like, well, it's, it, it is a skin disease, so it's, you're getting something. We don't know what it is, but it's called leprosy. Now, Leviticus 13 and 14 Again, beautiful passages. Some people are like, I cannot be in Leviticus, but we're going there. So it's, it's on my next page. Um, yeah. If you were unclean, you then had to get clean. And if you touched anybody with leprosy, then you would give them that and they would have to go through everything you're going through. And it's not pleasant. It's not a pleasant thing to have leprosy. So let's look at it. Leviticus 13.45, it says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair on his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. So you have this, this picture of, of what this person has to go through. He has to make it known, or she has to make it known that they have leprosy. So they need to tear their clothes. They need to have a visual cue of like, all right, this person's got torn up clothes. Their hair is down. They're, they've got their face covered, and they're yelling. If I'm in earshot, I could hear them saying that they're unclean. So I know best, get away from that, because I don't want to have to go through what they're going through. Because sometimes, I mean, they'll have to stay in quarantine until they get better. And sometimes you never get better is the problem. So what would happen is that you have this time of quarantine, about seven days or so. Then you get them out of quarantine and you go back to the priest. And he's like, all right, that still looks terrible. Still unclean. All right, now you go back to quarantine for another seven days. And this goes on and on. It doesn't stop until your whatever rash or skin disease you had is getting better. And then they're like, all right. Finally, but it doesn't stop there. You then have to acquire two birds, and they have to be clean birds, so there's a whole list of what bird you can't have, so you have to forget two birds. You have to get a scarlet string, a piece of wood, and some hyssop. Um, and it, with those things, then you have to kill the one bird, make sure to dip the, the second bird in the first bird's blood, and then make sure that it flies away with the scarlet string, and I don't recall what happens with the piece of wood and the hyssop, but it's important, and it needs to be there. And then you, that's not even the end of it. Then you have to go shave your entire body, like hair, all of it, eyebrows gone. It's like then you have to shower, and it's like, look, you you guys didn't have the Mach three turbo back in the day. I don't know how you're getting rid of all your hair. Like that's not. Shoot, I rely on that sucker for clean shave. But we're gone. We're we're somewhere. Matthew. We're getting back to Matthew. 
the leper makes his way to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. (laughs) And Jesus stretches out his hand and he touches him saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleaned. So that's a beautiful story. But what does it have to do with you and I this week? Do you feel unclean today? Like there's nothing that can fix what you've done. Are there things that happened in the shadows that you wish would stay there? Are there scars that you're desperately trying to hide from others? Do you feel like you're going to have to work hard to set yourself free from the sin that so easily entangles? Well, the good news, the good news is that Jesus is willing. That it's not up to you to clean yourself up, to fix you, to make you better than you were before. That doesn't, it's not, that's Jesus' job, not yours. See, he wants to make you clean. In this passage, he is changing the world. It's the first time where we see something that was unclean not making something that was clean unclean. We'll get there. So he will never recoil his hand from you. There's nothing that's going to gross him out. And there is some things in this world that gross me out that I want to... Oh, so there's like babies. Babies are like, they're small humans. And when they start moving, they they like wiggle and all sorts of stuff. And uh, eventually, you know, they wear diapers because you're like, I'm not picking up your poop off the ground. Great. So you now have a solution. In America, we have the... uh, privilege to have diapers. And so this is great. We got kids running around, but there is a point where if a kid is about to unleash a massive amount of doo-doo into this diaper, and this diaper is not going to cut it. And so luckily we've put a onesie on you, and we're like, all right, let's just hold it all in there. But then you're like, no, no, that's a bad idea, bad idea, because I don't have a sense of smell. So there were times where my wife would come home and she'd be like, it stanks up in here. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And we look at the back of the kid and it's just brown from the back of the neck and, and it's just coming and I'm like, oh shoot. And so there's, there's no way you leave that situation clean. It's just like you gotta get the, and then it's all up in their hair and you're like, what did I do? Oh no. But this is the point is that Jesus doesn't care that you're covered in poop, that you're unclean, that you feel like you can't do anything to fix how you are. (laughs) And the thing is that Jesus goes out of his way to actually touch the leper. We don't know how long he's been alone dealing with this sickness, but Jesus decides, this is how I'm going to love you. I'm going to go out there and touch you. And he doesn't even have to. And we read about this in the next section right here. In scene number two, we got the centurion. Let's read about it in verse five. It says, when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. He said, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, 
I'll come and heal him. But the centurion replied, he said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. (laughs) Yes, Jesus, we have a centurion. Centurion just means you got 100 people underneath you. So this guy is in charge of 100 most likely foot soldiers. And he says, look, I know what authority is all about. I tell this person to go, he's going to go. If I tell him to stay, he's, you better believe he's staying. He ain't going nowhere because I didn't say it. But he's not just understanding authority. He understands Christ as God having all authority, the authority to talk to a disease and tell it, cut it out, disease, not anymore, not today. And so he has this power to annihilate suffering and sickness, and it is wild. And this guy knows what's up. This centurion is like, this is him. And Jesus is amazed. So again, what does this mean for us? It's a fabulous story. I love it. I could read it 10 more times. But do you believe that today Jesus has the ability to heal? Now, for some, that's a pretty easy question. I would agree that, yeah, that's, I believe that Jesus could heal, but let's, let's make it a little more difficult. Do you trust that when you pray, when you pray for healing, that Jesus will heal? All right. There's a story that I'm going to tell you. Um, Some of you might know this man. His name is Aaron Craigness. I met him in college. I don't know how many years ago now. However many years ago I was in college. And he was a fabulous man. He's the reason why I came to McFarland and worked as a summer staffer at Lake Wabisa Bible Camp. And I... After I graduated, I moved out to Connecticut at some point in time, and during that time, he broke his back, and he cannot use his legs. So I had this longing, this urge from Holy Spirit to pray healing over him, and not just in my bedroom, not just silently in my head to pray for healing. Of course I'm going to do that, but to be with Aaron and lay hands on him. And so I was like, well, I live in Connecticut. And then God brought us to camp. And so I was like, perfect, I'm here. Let's, let's get this. But I hesitated. And, and months, 
hesitated for months and months, turned to years, and for too long, I allowed the fear of what if to grip me. The fear of what if I go and pray with him and nothing happens. So one day, I decide that's, that's enough. That, 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 that's from the enemy and it can no longer have hold over my life. So I go to Aaron and I talk with him and I say, this is what I've been struggling with for the past few years. And I place my hands on him and I pray healing over his life and over his legs and nothing happened. Now I may never see Aaron walk on this earth, but I can't let what I haven't seen hinder how God has called me to live. And if he's called me to live a life where I pray healing over somebody, I better do it. Even if I never see that result here on earth because a day is coming. Woo! A day is on the horizon where there will be no more pain and no more sickness and he will wipe every tear from your eye and there will be nothing that gets in the way from you being whole and perfect. Absolutely. So if God's answer is no, we know that it's just a not yet. Which leads us into the third scene. Ah. Let's pick it up in verse 14, chapter 8. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Oh, yeah. So we have this mother-in-law of Peter, and she's got a fever, and God's like, not today, fever, and, he, and she just starts serving him. But the thing is, like, how many times have we talked with God and said, this is, uh, how can I bring to my God such a menial thing? This is too small of a request. It's just a fever. It's just a sliver. It's just whatever. And the thing is, no. We just sang this morning about his love for us. And it's beautiful. And it's deep. And we may not fathom it all yet. But we have minds to comprehend at least a little. And the thing is, look, I've raised my kids and, and, and they know that if we don't see miraculous instantaneous healing... God's designed our bodies to heal themselves. And that is sufficient for praise. It's enough to cause our souls to worship. So when we scrape our knee or we get a sliver, we're going to pray for it. And we're going to praise him when either our body heals itself or there may be an instantaneous healing. 
He doesn't get tired of healing. He doesn't get tired of taking care of us. It's all, he, he was human, so he did get tired, but now that he's in glory, there's no way to wear him out. <laughs> this is our king. We got three points that we could take away from all of this, that Jesus is willing that he's not afraid to get metaphorical poop all over his hands to make you clean because you can't make him unclean. He has supreme authority. Disease and sickness cannot even stand being around him. He, they have no power anymore when he says, not today. Demons tremble in fear when they come in, in face to face with him. He deserves Oh, and the third one, he has the capacity. He, look, we're not going to wear him out. You can't. He's got all power. It's unmatched. So he deserves our praise. He deserves our lives, and he deserves audacity in our prayer life. That's a good one. That's a good point. Uh, so we're going to actually, we got time, we're going to take time this morning. Yes! Let's not leave this place unchanged. Let's actually do the work today. You guys could come on up and play some music. It's going to be so good. We are going to turn, like find a group of people to pray with. We got some time here. We want to make space for you guys to pray with each other and for each other. And guess what? Kids, we love it when you join us in prayer. So you, if you have stuff, if there are people that are experiencing sickness, that are like, ah, oh, it's just a runny nose, but I've had it for a little, you know, like, let's, let's share with others. If you have body aches and you have pains in life, if you go throughout your day and are like, I just wish my back didn't hurt, like, let's share that and let's see. Let's anxiously await to see if God's answer is yes. And not today will that bother you any longer. But let's also be okay with not yet. Let's also be okay with not in this lifetime. When you get to glory, you'll be free of that. But for right now, <laughs> allow your spirit to sing praises in the midst of difficulty. And it's not about praying, Lord, if, if it's your will. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's a weird set of words that doesn't, doesn't benefit anybody. In the, it's, it's, Lord, if you were on this earth, you'd heal. We want to see it, but we are okay if you say not. Not yet. So let's take some time, gather with a few people around you, and let's be audacious in our prayers for one another.
Touching every heart, I worship you. I worship you. You are here, and you're healing every heart. I worship you.
you. <laughs> we enjoy your presence. We love that you are pleased when our souls rejoice in you. We may not feel an emotional experience, but God, it's not about that. It's about knowing your greatness. <laughs> God, help us as we leave this place to praise you all the more this week to find our prayer life changed, to find a boldness that used to not exist in our life, to cover this community in prayer, to cover the neighbors that live next to us in prayer. God, we need you. We need your power to do this. We cannot do this alone, and so help us. Amen. Yeah you guys are feeling like, I need some more time in prayer, you do it to it. If you guys are feeling like, I want to sing to Jesus more, you do it. If you want to head out, yes! All options are great. Have a great rest of your week. Love you all. <laughs>